everybody. I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your, your twilight, twilight phase. phase. Ooh, I felt like a conductor on that one because I was wiggling all around. <laughs> what an arm movement. Yeah, we have, uh, won't be able to see that, but Maya we've was discussed um, releasing like the video or like screenshots or something <laughs> yeah, from like these. And every her... time we're like, no, 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 that's a bad idea. <laughs> One time back in the day at camp, we made a video. I had a job called crew leading, which is like, you're in charge of a crew of teenagers who like clean the bathrooms and they cook food and stuff. Um, And we made a video of all the crew leaders. And it was in the style of that like MTV show that where the announcer talked like this. It was all about the fabulous life of these celebrities. And we started off using like some found footage of us. Like my friend would literally just walk around and kind of film us when we weren't noticing. Uh, so my introduction is like, you'll find Maya dancing constantly. And it's like <laughs> dancing around the kitchen. But then for everyone else, he didn't use like found footage. So I'm the one with like a weird intro. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, I that's still on brand. It's so on very brand. on brand. Um, we have a long chapter ahead of us, but first, we have one listener letter that we're going to read. Only we one? Re- well, we can't read all of them anymore because we're just too popular. We're too famous. So we're going to try to keep writing in. Life. Yeah, keep writing in. We're going to try to keep up with answering them. We might not get to reading them all. But I wanted to read um, part of this response from Gabrielli who, if you remember, is a listener from Brazil who's also a writer. Hey, hey, hey. Gabriele says, I've been spending more time researching and debating myself about background stuff than actually writing the books. Um, Here's a secret, Gabriele. I think that might be true of all writers. (laughs) Yeah. I think most writers spend more time not writing than writing. So you're doing it right. You're in good company. Remember how long it took Aunt Stephanie to write Midnight Sun? A lot of that time was not spent writing. (laughs) Also, Gabrielli is the one who introduced us to the all-star phrase Aunt Stephanie. So, (laughs) never forget. It's so good. Do you guys say aunt or do you say aunt? I kind of go back and forth. Um, No, I have an Aunt Mary Lou. I have an Aunt Annie. But when I'm well, just like, talking, I say aunt. Like when I like when I refer to them, I'm like, hey, Aunt Mary Lou. Is that the only aunt that you say aunt? No, it's just the first one that came to my mind. I Is guess I also aunts, say Aunt and Barbara. Aunt Kathy, and Aunt Nancy, They're all aunt. They're and Aunt all aunts. Rhonda. I have aunts. And aunt Rita. A lot of- I actually have aunties. <laughs> Ooh, aunties. Auntie I would not refer to any of my aunts as Auntie Lindsay. Aunties. Auntie no. Christina. I do. I say auntie. Oh my God. Dear I wonder if any of them are listening to this. Um, Hello, Aunt Mary Lou. Hello, Aunt Nancy. Hello. <laughs> Don't miss Aunt Rhonda. Oh, you didn't forget any of them. Uh, well, I know that Aunt Nancy and Aunt Mary Lou follow our Instagram, but I don't know if they know that it's associated <gasps> with a podcast or not. <laughs> You're going to find out. Oh, uh, we'll find out. <laughs> Melissa, your <laughs> niblets, do they call you Aunt <laughs> Melissa? Or do they call my you nubbins. Melissa? I call your them nubbins. nubbins. Oh, sorry. I was doing my best. <laughs> um they go back and forth they either call me they either call me aunt mel mel or (gasps) they just call me melly melly 
Yeah, oh they definitely God. don't call me aunt. A little voice like, Melly. Not, no, they're not British. Melly, could I have some <laughs> warm milk, please? <laughs> no, they normally like scream. Mow, <laughs> <laughs> mow. Yeah, my like nephew it. just calls me Maya for sure. <laughs> also, obviously, he calls my mom grandma because, like, she is She's his, his grandma. grandma. But <laughs> it's so weird. You know how like parents will refer to the other parent by mom or dad. Yeah, as yeah. if it's a name. Yeah, I, I, it's so weird. I can't be talking to my nephew and be like, "Oh, well, Grandma said this," so I'll be like, "Oh, my mom told me this." <laughs> really? No, yeah. I, I know that's Funny. true because I also I'm I'm in a, like a big old step family, and so like saying my mom and my dad can be really confusing. So generally, we just refer to our parents by their first names. <laughs> really? Guys, have you talked to Willie and Pam recently? <laughs> The only time I ever refer to my mother by her name Pam, but it has to be. Used you used to have a stalker named Pat. Stalker oh, name. that's fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to anybody named Pat, but that's a pretty good stalker name. It's like just unhinged enough. Yeah. Apologies. Is it to short for Patrick? Patrick? Apologies to any Pats. Pat's is all. Pat is also a nice name, but you said a stalker mm. named Pat, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I remember. I made out with a guy named Pat once at a club when we were both really drunk and he ended up being really racist and I ran away from him. Oh, oh no. Yeah, he was verbally racist. <laughs> he did not deserve your makeup. And then I, when I ran away, he went and found one of my friends and they're like, she keeps running away from me. <laughs> and I told my friend, I was like, yeah, he's a racist. And then like, my friend was like, she's running sign. away from you because you're a racist. <laughs> Like good that's job, a good Melissa. sign she doesn't want to be around you. Like, why are you Take talking? Take it to as me? a no. Yeah, leave her alone. Anyway, so I don't really have a good experience with Pat. So, <laughs> um, if your name is Pat, please write in, and we can know a nice Pat. We'll ignore you completely. No, we'll <laughs> get to know a nice Pat. God, you're yeah. so mean to the listeners. <laughs> For somebody who's emotionally dependent on them, you're very mean to them. <laughs> yeah, you're like that's rude. You make fun of them, but also you're like, I'm their favorite. <laughs> yeah it's not weird <laughs> all right whose turn is it to <laughs> recap this amazing chapter incredible chapter i don't know uh it might be me is it me i think it is no it's melissa because olivia did the time before last time and i did right. last time um good thing we forced melissa to actually read this chapter <laughs> that's you're right. supposed to record yesterday and i was like hey guys i haven't reread this chapter read and they're like actually this is an important chapter like, to okay, read okay but this time you should you should probably do it this time like, no, this is good. a good one to do that for <laughs> And um, yesterday so, you were texting us like, yeah, so um, I'm just really stressed. And we were like, things oh, are capital S stressed. How are you doing? No response. No we were response. like, are you still good to record? And you were like, no response yeah, yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move it. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for, for hearing my silent pleas of help. We got your back. Friendship is important. Um, so it's guess magic. what? I did read this chapter. Yes. Yeah. I read half of it yesterday while I was spiraling and then half of it today. Um, it was long. But as you guys said, it was a good chapter. Port, Port Angeles. Angeles. Port Angeles. I mean, 
mean, Word for Angelus from Edward's perspective is a lot less exciting, I think. It's mostly, you know, just him <sighs> following her and then realizing that he actually hasn't been following her and then attempting to follow her again and then finding her and staying with her and then they leave together. <laughs> is that your recap? <laughs> I like it. I think I think you should leave it at that. You know what? I'm going to give that a 10. Wow! <laughs> We're going to roll with it. That is what happens in this chapter. Wow. What it lacks in specificity, it more than makes up in brevity and technical correctness. Yep, I agree. Okay, so we start off um, getting a confirmation of mean Jessica, which I found very Hi, disappointing. I wrote, I hate Midnight Sun Jessica. <laughs> yeah, she's so. I wrote, I cannot tolerate this. <laughs> okay, so Edward is in his car just like, watching from afar as they shop for dresses being a weirdo by sitting around in jessica's mind even though he hates jessica's mind and angela's right there and i don't know why he's not listening to angela but instead jessica's just louder yeah that's true she is easier easier to listen to here's a line from this section jessica smiled at bella with false warmth while eyeing her suspiciously do you want to know what Bella just said that you remember from Twilight? She just said, I think I like the blue one better. It really brings out your eyes. Jessica, does she really think that? Or does she want me to look like a cow on Saturday on her date with Mike? Why, why would she think that? Why are you thinking that? Why are you being mean? Like this, everything that we get from Twilight is like, Jessica's just a normal ass girl going about her normal nice ass person. life, trying to be nice Justice. to the new girl for Jessica. Yes. And I want justice for Anna Kendrick because the way Anna Kendrick <laughs> played Jessica, you know for a fact she wasn't she was thinking sweetie. like this. No, Aww. she was a sweetie. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna... like Jessica has some insecurities as we all do, but Anna Kendrick yeah. captured that so well without ever making her mean. Nothing I are made Jessica insecure but mean about it. Yes, that's so I true. I will bring this up a lot, but it in Midnight Sun, we get the basic idea that people are generally awful. Yeah. And that it's exceptional for them to not be. Yes. And, and therefore, they deserve love and immortality. <laughs> right. And only those people. And uh, and I really guess this, maybe this says more about Stephanie than it does, I don't know, Edward or, or whomever in these books. But um, it was especially apparent to me in this chapter, you know, as we get more descriptions of Jessica as we get descriptions of the hostess as we get descriptions of the waitress right, right. everyone but Bella and Angela suck um, okay and I generally thing. operate on the opposite spectrum of that yeah I it's still the, maybe we've already said this but like okay say you're Edward say everybody sucks you sit around listening to people's selfish shitty thoughts all day long and then you meet a girl whose thoughts you can't read and you just assume that she is perfect and angelic and doesn't have these thoughts like right that's no, not no, how no. patterns they work. had biology class olivia remember she like became lab partners with someone who was bad at biology therefore <laughs> she's a martyr and a saint you know what what essentially happened here is edward was like i can't hear her mind so i'm going to assume that it's the exact opposite of right. everyone i hate that's what i mean like why would he assume but why would you assume that, that she's completely different from everybody else that he's ever met who's shitty right he when he assumes everyone else is shitty 
just like without very little information. So like, why would you not do the same exact thing for Bella? We've read Twilight and we know that Bella is like occasionally uncharitable. Yes. We know that Bella's an awful friend. We've said it from day one. She is a bad friend. And this is like- Just like all of us. Midnight Sun is like justice for Bella, which is what we didn't need. Like the last thing we needed- No, we didn't need justice for Bella. Justice for Bella. (laughs) Bella got justice the whole time. We didn't need to like find out that Bella was right all along. Right. Like, oh, her vague vibe that Jessica was uncharitable and mean and petty was correct. In fact, it was much worse. And Bella is extremely intuitive. (laughs) And- you know what? This is more bizarre and weird interior thinking dialogue from Aunt yep. Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> this is Jessica th- thinking. Bella still looks pissed. Ha ha. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who interiorly thinks? Ha uh-huh. <laughs> Like the uh-huh. only way I can imagine that would be if you were like, like doing a mocking voice. Like, ha ha. Right, right. <laughs> but like, what? That's so weird. How do you really convey, Laughing I don't know, your head. thoughts and what they convey to Edward unless you do it straight, you know, verbally like this? I don't know. Last night, as I was getting into bed, I became hyper self-aware of my own thoughts because of Midnight Sun. Because yep. I was like trying to self-monitor to see if I was thinking incomplete sentences and so it was like well I just like thought about how I need that pillow but did I actually think the word pillow or was I just thinking (laughs) of that pillow that I need (laughs) but I do I ever think the word pillow was I thinking that to myself in a full sentence or am I just narrating it to you in a full sentence because that's the only way I can tell you what my thought was were you then like okay now I'm gonna try to go to sleep and now I'm lying here and I'm thinking about thinking and I'm also thinking about going to sleep I contain multitudes I'm gonna try to make my mind go blank. It wasn't pretty. No, I have <laughs> noticed that it's easier to think about how I think when I look back at times where I don't think I was actively paying attention to anything, but you had to have been because you did a lot of stuff. So like working. You guys you- <laughs> earlier what? today we had a sales conference. I was listening to sales conference at my desk. Scott, oh my God, listeners, I went through a catastrophe two days ago. The sewer backed up into my basement and my basement was literally filled with shit. <laughs> so did I not tell did you guys you about not this? tell us about this. You mentioned this. I mean, it was upset. Like at a certain <sighs> point, I didn't even want to think about it anymore. Um, <laughs> but Scott moved his desk upstairs today into the sunroom and he like disassembled his desk and walked it right by me and I didn't notice whatsoever. Like yeah. he walked by with huge pieces of desk and put it together 10 feet behind me. And I didn't notice that desk until I like broke for lunch and right. ran into that room and was like, when did you do this? And he was that like, is something an hour that ago. I would, that is something that I would do. I become very engrossed and oblivious. Right. I like, it makes me think about, you know, like when you're driving and all of a sudden you're there and you're like, Okay, but I should have been paying attention. Scares me so driving. much when that happens. Right? But then you think and you're like, okay, well, then what was I doing if I wasn't paying attention to driving a vehicle? You were just like, oh, you were thinking about shit, but were you really thinking about it? Or were you, like mine, I feel like I feel I feel like I just feel 
I'm like today I was just yeah, you have thoughts but you're not thinking in full sentences right like I feel like I just felt the feeling stressed without necessarily thinking anything complete you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Edward would look at you and think that you were slow of thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably but I no. would argue actually Edward so. is the one slow of thought yeah at the yeah, beginning so of this just... chapter he's like I like made fun of my siblings for being irresponsible so many times, but now look at me in Port Angeles in my car when the sun isn't down. I'm the one who's irresponsible. And I was like, get over yourself. And then, <laughs> like, yeah, you're a hypocrite. Like, he so gets everyone. out of the car and like walks into like the shade of a building like, and walks stands like against at the, the edge side of, of the shadow. I was like, okay, actually, this actually is a risk. What are you doing? <laughs> Just like imagine him like, okay, do you guys, have you, I'm assuming you've seen Emperor's New Groove. And like, yes. there's a scene where Kronk like goes against the wall and he's like, Ooh. like any spy movie when they're like creeping along yeah i just pictured edward just like glued to the side of a building like I mean, honestly i'm a little unclear on how much of a risk he is taking based I mean, on how clear. she describes this so he's in a car with tinted windows but like legally there's only so tinted your windows can be mm-hmm. so i don't know how tinted his windows are and then he says Wandering around in the sunlit hours was not safe. What if a passing car threw the sun's reflection on me at just the wrong moment? Edward. Things are everything is the sun. When you're in the shadow, there's still sun on you. And when you're in the moonlight, there's still sun on you. In fact, it's all it's all when you're anywhere, there's sun on you. So how is being out in the shadows fine, but like also a passing reflection? could light you up like a Christmas tree and everyone will murder you. Like I, I I am now at a point where I've accepted it and I'm like, it's about like the Lumiers or whatever. Like the directness the amount, of the sunlight. Yeah, and the intensity of it, you know? In in like a cloudy day, the sunlight is too diffuse. Too diffuse. Yeah. I, I try to think of it in like aspects of like how much light a plant needs. You yeah, know, like I have to just... You gotta put so direct sunlight. Some plants need Vampires indirect. are plants. Yeah, yeah. so... That's, that's our title. <laughs> Vampires are plants. <laughs> I was just like, there are so many things that are just like illogical and wrong, and I need to decide that this isn't the one I'm most stuck on. <laughs> right, this is not every he'll be die on. Yeah, like, I'm not about it every time. running every scene, so you can forget about it for a while. <laughs> but if this is your one, you're thinking about it the whole time. Okay, but also... It increases the drama. I do he's like, like the drama. He's like, how powerless it made me feel, fenced in by the line between dark and light that stretched across the sidewalk in front of me. And you just like see him, and he's like, he he cannot escape. He is like bounded in, in by box. the darkness. I was like, ooh, Edward, you're experiencing humility. You got humbled. <laughs> Congratulations. And then as soon as the sun goes down, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll go back to regular. Totally makes sense. So he can't find Bella and he's like, okay, well, I'm looking for her. And that's when he sees her face in the the mind's eye of one of the bad guys. I want to go ahead and discuss my worst sentence. (laughs) So he... He like sees her face and understands that Bella would not be this person's first victim. And he knows like what kind of person this guy is. 
The sound of my growls shook the frame of the car, but did not distract me. I almost picked that one too. The fuck? <laughs> what decibel what level? Growls are distracting to you. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine being the person on the street who like hears this one loud sound come from, <laughs> and it kind of sounds like the car is like revving, but like it doesn't sound like it's revving. But it's not the music. And to shake the frame of a car that's <laughs> in motion must be even harder. <laughs> like, the sound of his vibrating own not distracting body? you. Right. And so his body shakes the car? Just love the well, idea of, like... if it shakes like, the car, it can't not shake his body. Um, that... Like the sound of his growls did not distract him, but like because that's mentioned, that there must be growls that he does that do distract him. <laughs> like or he must growl sometimes and he's like, what? Well, <laughs> like this is first person narration. So, like, it must have distracted you enough that you remembered to mention growl. it to me. Exactly. You're like, but it didn't distract me this time. <laughs> Like this line, this line would be stronger. Keeping the ridiculousness of the growl shaking the frame, but like the sound of my growls shook the frame of the car. Period. I was. Period. I was fully focused on my goal. Don't tell us what <laughs> didn't happen. I love cutting. If I could, maybe I'll like take a chapter of this book. And just Ooh, trim. cut it like oh how you would God. cut it trimming yes. is my favorite kind of editing it's extremely satisfying it really like you know just like makes usually makes the author's work shine more because you get rid of the unnecessary stuff and leave the good stuff behind and sometimes there's stuff in there that's good but distracts from the more important good stuff yeah. and it's like guess what goodbye kill your darlings <laughs> yeah like that's a beautiful turn of phrase so beautiful that now I'm thinking about that instead of being engrossed in the story yeah so this is Lanny we learned Lanny's name what a good like pervert name (laughs) it's true you hear Lanny and you're like god what's wrong with you he gets super violent again oh Um, yeah god Edward's over violent overprotectiveness strikes again much less pleasant from inside his head because first he's like he's like real violent he's he's in there the others would merely die oh he's talking about okay so like lanny is the kingpin all the other ones are just sort of along for the ride and are going to do something horrible but aren't planning to do something horrible but lanny is like ready and excited to do something horrible so he says the others would merely die for their part, but this creature named Lanny would beg for death long before I would give him that gift. I was like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Yep, Later he, on, he, he talks goes... about skinning him. Oh, oh yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. It's gross. But then, but then, he, you know, swerves up to the scene and throws open the door. It's still heroic from his point of view. An all-star scene in Twilight, by the way. Yes. The movie. All when star. Edward's car, like, the door swings open. Like, the cinematography there, <laughs> unreal. But, like, like, it's still good. 
he literally talks about so another paragraph that that stood out to me was i wanted his death so savagely that the need for it rang in my ears clouded my sight and was a bitter flavor on my tongue stronger than the burn of my thirst i underlined that that? oh yeah that's after that's after he swerves up on 174 it's sort of like so he thinks about how horrible this is then rescues her then we get like then we get pages of wanting to murder him right we actually get more after right he says i had to kill him yeah so this is the three pages of how he has to kill him and then the skinning right the peeling him apart i wrote (sighs) ew edward ew (laughs) this is interestingly um i'm almost surprised that i noticed this upon first read amidst all of this goriness but this is where i wrote down that he calls bella the girl for longer than expected he's still doing oh, yeah. it we're on page 174 and yep. within this paragraph and it's supposed to be sort of like dramatic and atmospheric i guess because he's like except that the girl the only girl in the world was clinging to her seat with both hands staring at me her eyes strangely calm and unquestioning vengeance would have to wait i so think like, it's why weird the girl like okay so we get it she's the only girl in the world because she's the only one that you'll ever love in this way but like if there were only one girl in the world would you default to loving her edward <laughs> like <laughs> like why is her scarcity supposed to make her more valuable i think it's more like since she's the best she might as well be the only one in the world <laughs> I think that I'm like, like kind of, you know, bristling against Edward's assertion that Bella is like, so special and so unique and so amazing. Because I agree, Bella is special and unique and amazing. But also she's a regular human person. person. Yeah, I think it's the like, I don't know, they both put each other on pedestals so much. And it's Mm -hmm. like, romantic with a capital r but also it's like okay well like could problematic you with a capital just like be normal now yeah reading treat each other like actual people it's such a roller coaster because all the while we're where we're like this is problematic this is weird this is gross the very next line i'll be like okay but i'm in my feelings but I'm too held. I think it's because it's like, it's like problematic romance. Like it's romantic that he comes up and saves her, but like he's saving her. And we all know that we don't need people to save us and we all need to be able to save ourselves. But also it's romantic. But sometimes it's okay to need help. Yeah, it's also okay to need help. (laughs) Um, You know what pulls me out of those feelings are sentences where Edward feels the need to describe that Oh, in the time that it took him to think all of these violent thoughts, it would feel like it was part of the same motion of him like turning the car to Bella. So it wasn't actually, it didn't seem like that long that we were really thinking about peeling apart his skin. It was actually the same motion, just like be clear. That was really fast. Edward is like one of those guys that reminds you every 30 seconds that he went to Harvard. <laughs> like, oh, and just so you know, I thought about that really fast. Right. I'm really smart. I went to Harvard. 
And he says, it would feel like part of the same motion to her as I accelerated. And I'm like, bitch, this whole thing is, you don't know what she feels. You don't know what she thinks. I was, don't know I, was shit. So I was just, so look, I was just going to read. It took much, much less than a second for me to see that I could not leave her in the car in order to deal with the four men in the street. Much, like the much second much, second. <laughs> the second much, un- unnecessary, unnecessary. I went to Harvard. <laughs> So she would not recognize hear... my instant of hesitation. Like, okay, right. so what? He's going. There's two. There's there are many, many it, examples. It's just like cool. All right, so she doesn't notice it. Neither did we. Get on. After that, we get some stuff that like I did actually ask for from Midnight Sun. We got some insight into Edward's life before. Yes twilight i was gonna ask you guys how you felt about this insight into edward's murderous face it didn't really feel like an insight to me (laughs) it just felt like she was describing what we already knew yeah there wasn't really new information we just got examples right Right. we always knew that he hunted down people that he considered evil people Uh, okay the only piece that i thought was new information is he's describing the time when he hunted who he considers the most right evil of the people that he hunted who truly enjoyed the, the pain most that he was vile. and at the end of it he says i hadn't had time to drink his blood that didn't matter there were so many others who deserved to die which means that he was not doing it in this case mm-hmm. just to survive he was doing it to murder this man well right. this is is kind of like an interesting case because typically when Edward was hunting down these bad people, they didn't seem to actively be in the act. True. Like, you know, he found bad people and like maybe right. they were thinking these things or remembering them or like stalking someone. But in this case, it's, I'll, I'll read the passage. It might've gone differently if two of his victims had not been in that basement of horrors when I discovered him two young women already badly injured. So I carried them both to a hospital at the greatest speed I was capable of, only one survived. I hadn't had time to drink his blood. So in that case, he's like, I could take the 0.1 millisecond to drink this blood because I can just do it so fast because I'm so speedy. But I already probably don't have time to do what I need to do here. So I'm not going to waste even a millisecond. You're right. Maybe his intention was still to feed but he did not end up having time um i just saw of a spongebob thing <laughs> give it to us well you know the episode where they get like superpowers and spongebob is like you want to see me what is it like run around that mountain and he's like you want to see me do want to see me do it again i do that to scott all the time <laughs> that's edward that's, that's edward is spongebob yeah. in that in that episode <laughs> I wrote a question here that I would like to pose to you guys. And then I want to pose a second question. (laughs) I wrote, ooh, what if he had saved one of them? Let's think about like a Midnight Sun AU where Edward's like, I don't have time to take this woman to the hospital, but there is one thing I can try. And he like turns her into a vampire. Oh, and he had changed one of them. Yeah. And then like, most likely they probably wouldn't fall in love because 
he would want to feel so responsible for her yeah and like he just hasn't found what he's looking for and he can read this girl's mind but like would she have like a an extra weird power from like how traumatic her like change was that might be a more interesting would you become a vigilante like sort of replacement for rosalie like instead of rosalie being changed by carlisle quote-unquote for edward if Edward had already changed somebody, I think it would be a very different, weird dynamic that yeah, could be like, interesting. In the, in the house, like, maybe that vampire would always, like, jokingly call Edward dad and be like, <laughs> please stop. I think it would make Bella and Edward even more uneven, which I don't know if this, that's what right, Twilight because Edward's needs. Edward's a dad. Edward would be like, hello, I'm 17 and this is my adult child. Okay, so like to talk about a discovery of witches again, um, that love interest who's a vampire is extremely old and has vampire children. children and it's like yeah. kind of weird and wild and it's like this whole thing and because the protagonist is like a 30 something year old woman and so mm-hmm. like her dynamic with his vampire children like I'm their step funky yeah she's like a young (laughs) stepmom but they're like literally 200 years old (laughs) and it's like weird but good but I think it works better because they're both adults but okay so there's I don't know how much you've read Olivia there's a whole there's like a separate companion novel that's about one of his kids Uh and they go through this whole thing of where he's like he has a a human companion and she's gonna she's decided to become a vampire and like because of the weird like parent dynamics he is not allowed to like be the one to change her because like guess what then she's also kind of your kid and not just like your lover and so like they have to like find someone else in the family to do it and like that person then has to be like the parent to this brand new vampire so it's like a whole process so like okay who's volunteering (laughs) i think we already talked about this but we probably that song i'm my own grandpa yeah i think we did already talk about that (laughs) my second question what would a spongebob episode be like (laughs) where spongebob gets turned into a vampire like is he still into krabby patties is squidward like the only one who knows what's going on but no one believes him because he's squidward i think that does he eat fishes is he a fish fishes (laughs) a fish vampire i I don't know maybe he's like nomin on his parents you know okay so my spongebob knowledge he's a vampire and isn't one you know right so my spongebob knowledge really only expands to like the first four or five seasons and after that you know i haven't seen any of it really um so like i'm willing to like research this okay come back to us next week (laughs) right like have they explored this you know they've done doodle bob so like it's not god olivia just i'm behind on this you know what i represent the listener also what doodle bob Sandy's probably looking for a cure. I'm right. no more informed than before, but that was fun. <laughs> so um, like I'm sure that they've explored the lore. I mean they've become superheroes. You know, they've they've done everything. I'm sure vampires has come up before. Okay, report back. Yeah, report we'll back in next week. Um, to Olivia's earlier question of like how we felt about this scene, 
I wrote, LOL, there are no evil women, I guess. Because the whole <laughs> way through, Edward is like, the men I hunted. The vile men. I mean, we like, do know that all men suck. And that all men are gross and vile. Agreed, and it's true. But I was like, Edward, they're like, they're like psychopathic, evil, like torturous women out there too. If you were a vampire vigilante hunter... Who would you hunt? This might be, I, I mean, I guess women psychopaths this is alone. a very like moral way to do it, but this does sound like an unpleasant style of evil to hunt. Like, would I actually want to spend my time hunting murderers and rapists or would I pick something else? I would pick people who <laughs> gaslight. <laughs> I think I would work my way into like the highest levels of society. Jesus Christ. And I would hunt with the aim to do the most good. Like, okay, you are a billionaire investing in like destroying the Amazon rainforest. You and your board of directors. That's, that's high profile. That's harder. Yeah, to, that's harder um, to get cover up. You would okay, get I'm a vampire. <laughs> I'm so, so fast. So you can do it. Yeah. I'll dig deeper you than any You can snap all drill. their necks in four seconds. Yeah, I can make it look like just, whatever I want. I'm just going to hunt anyone who tries to gaslight me. Yeah. And if That's you're it. like, oh, people keep hanging out with Maya and then they show up dead. No, I have an alibi every single time. I was two <laughs> states away. It took me 20 minutes to get there. <laughs> like, I would never get caught. That's good. That's genius. Um, I feel very, I mean, I asked this question, but I also feel very uncomfortable about Edward calling him the judge, jury, and execution. Yeah, I don't believe anyone should have that authority. So I don't feel good power. about it. Having asked it, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I kept saying, like, the only thing in this moment that I wanted more than to commit a highly justifiable murder was this girl, as in to protect Bella. And he refers to all these other murders as justifiable and i was like right. sir murder is not justifiable <laughs> by anyone no that's why like, the death penalty is wrong it doesn't matter if you're killing or the government is killing or anyone no one should still be murder. killing right so murder this answer is, is i guess i would try to be a vegetarian vampire and i might i don't know if i would be good at it <laughs> um i'm just i'm just envisioning a world where i don't have the moral compass that would require well, me right to, i mean you know care about whether thinking, or not i'm murdering people i was thinking about how this is like this is the depths of edward like you know like this is as far as stephanie let edward sink right like right. these are edward's darkest days he always remained quote unquote moral he was only murdering people who deserved it he was still and acting out of a conscience i still think it's a little bit of a cop-out for you know totally. vampire war generally if i were edward i think i would be a really good vegetarian vampire and the reason is even if you're a meat eater you can't read the thoughts of the thing that you're eating oh my God, like you're that is right. next level shit that's Ooh, not yeah. like pointing at the chicken and then eating the chicken that that's night. That's fucking true. That's beyond looking into the chicken's eyes as you bite into the chicken. Like, oh I thought you do cracked it. it. The reason that Edward should be a vegetarian is because he thinks that he can't drink the blood of things that he can hear thinking. Yeah, like that's too far. Right. Apparently, that doesn't bother him. I, that's so maybe never Edward is the real psychopath. That has never occurred to me. 
you guys the more we read just like the deeper depths we find because Edward's books are all so like rich well I was a more moral vampire because I could read people's minds and decide who was who worth was murdering <laughs> and we all just rolled with it <laughs> yeah 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 cool 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 <laughs> we should move ahead to dinner because you're right we should move ahead to dinner even though there's like some great like there's the conversation in the car okay the okay so i I, there is one thing in particular in like the dinner scene that i wanted to talk about but i don't know where you guys are starting at oh okay so let's get to you know they drive in the car she they end up going back they find angela and jessica jessica's shitty again (laughs) i just want to know jess says holy crap but he's hot thinking of bell and edward together no holy crow for jessica <laughs> jessica isn't as pure as bella right. so she says crap she says crap yep you're right and then angela is nice She's so and nice. we get to the hostess who also thinks he's really hot uh, this sets up one of the funniest parts in the whole book i'm not gonna say it yet i'm gonna like get to it but listener just like think about the hostess thinking Edward is really hot (laughs) instead of like being scared of him. They are almost seated in a busy part of the restaurant and Edward slips her $50. I was like, yeah, redistribute that wealth. But now that I think about it, give her more. Dollars? Okay, I, on the other hand, was like $50? And then I was like, how much could Italian dinner for two cost at this restaurant in Port Angeles? Like, probably not a lot more than $50 like at the outside $13 entrees right so he's tipped for a better table more probably than their dinner is gonna cost am I right redistribute also I I was like but this is a millionaire give her a hundo you've got it but like literally he asks for something more private and she says sure without even looking at the bill like she's gonna say like she's gonna help him to a different Here's table regardless she's good at you can ask yeah. for a different table without giving them money i know she was you gonna do it ask. she was just like sure <laughs> i was thinking imagine if she like he says something more private the money changes hands she's holding she's it and like, she goes i'm sorry this is what we have <laughs> like what do you do you go uh can I can I have my money back or um okay but this is around the area of the the one thing I wanted to talk about which is that Edward at some point has decided that this is the time where he's gonna like I don't know be truthful with her with no preemptive thinking about it all his defenses are down he doesn't really Actually, he he is still undecided. He is completely undecided. As of three pages after where we are, he's still undecided. Well, but he's not entirely because he says, I, I starred this paragraph. She's, uh, or it says, I shook my head at her and she hesitated, cocking her head to one side with curiosity. Yes, yeah, she would be very curious tonight. A crowd was not the ideal place for this conversation. And There's so he's already- is envisioning that he's having a conversation that he doesn't want other people to listen in and this is the first instance where he's like oh we're going to be talking about something important where before it was just like i just want to go on a date with bella let me save her from these people but now he's like no matter what closing information he's got to understand that 
Bella knows something impossible just happened. Right. She's going to ask questions, even she's, if he doesn't answer She's going to say, how did you find me tonight? <laughs> right. And he's so, deciding to, to answer her truthfully and be like, I'm so. a mind reading vampire. I don't think so. I think there he's just like, I don't know how I'm going to answer this, but like, they're going to be fishy questions and I don't want anybody listening. Because then like four pages later, he says, her questions would probably be enough to tell me where her thoughts were heading, but how would I answer them with responsible lies or would I drive her away with truth or would I say nothing unable to decide? So this whole time he's like very much wavering, doesn't really know what to do. I think the wavering gives a little bit of credence to what Melissa is saying. It's possible that his maybe. actions are revealing more about what he plans mm-hmm. to do than his like his internal thoughts yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he might not even be realizing that's what he's doing but it's what he's doing do you remember in twilight when he smiles at the waitress what did you think his intentions were because we learned here that he is intending to scare her and completely fails and instead which is so dazzles her. <laughs> so listeners this is the thing that i was like this is one of the funniest things in the whole book earlier he's like okay but she thinks i'm really hot was i losing my edge <laughs> and then here he smiles at her like "Ooh, i'm so scary she's gonna be like oh what's wrong with him um but she's into me. Okay, what's going on? And in a couple pages, he's like, oh my God, love has softened me. I've been trying so hard not to scare Bella that I'm not scary anymore. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. I guess it's cute that he doesn't know that he's dazzling people, but like Many of his actions but don't also, make sense. But also that to me just like, I don't know, speaks to him being like zero self-aware when actually yeah. I think Edward is more self-aware I than I think that. he knows. Like, I don't think he can be that hot and like not Right, like know. don't play dumb in knows. your own head. <laughs> I, I did enjoy, every time one of our iconic lines pops up, it's like saying the name of the movie, you know? I'm like, oh, there it is. Bella's like, yeah. dazzle them like that. She's probably hyperventilating in the kitchen right now. I dazzle people? I was like, oh, the dazzling! The dazzling! Oh. It's here! Then the next few pages are like weirdly medical. Like, <laughs> Edward keeps waiting for signs of shock, and he's yeah. like, I'm gonna get a Coke for Bella because the extra sugar in her blood bloodstream. Sugar! <laughs> like, like there's so much detail here about her blood sugar levels when like two chapters ago you didn't even know that she ate lunch yeah you're You're like did she need more nutrition than a lemonade (laughs) guys can we speaking of blood sugar um can we get to the part where she's eating her ravioli (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i'm just gonna read it suddenly as she ate a strange comparison entered my head For just a second, I saw Persephone, pomegranate in hand, dooming herself to the underworld. Is that who I was? Hades himself, coveting springtime, stealing it, condemning it to endless night. I tried unsuccessfully to shake the impression. I just love Bella eating ravioli. No, it's a (laughs) breadstick. She's eating a breadstick. Excuse me. That changes everything to me, honestly. 
<laughs> but She's still, still eating a breadstick. It's not like a like a delicate, sexy little food, you know? <laughs> it's a breadstick. <laughs> Just chewing on her breadstick. I wrote, and literally the sentence right before that says, slowly thinking hard, she took a bite and chewed with deliberation. And he's like, suddenly I see Persephone <laughs> while she like chews thoughtfully on a breadstick. <laughs> <sighs> Wow, that's so that's, funny, and I can't think I about it. I don't, I don't have anything to say about it. I just want you to know <laughs> that that's there. Then, okay, and then we, like, finally get the, like, this is, like, the moment when, like, Bella reveals that she knows something that's, like, definitely literally impossible, mm-hmm. and Edward, like, literally acknowledges it, and I, I was very surprised by his reaction to this so she says okay then let's say hypothetically of course that someone could know what people are thinking read minds you know with a few exceptions his internal response is it could be worse (laughs) and i was like i think i would freak out like i i guess he like knows that she knows something but i'm not convinced that this is the part that he knows that she knows And he says right on the next page, she was quick. No one else had ever guessed this about me except for Carlisle, which was very obvious in the beginning. And he goes, this question wasn't so bad. I was like, this seems bad. (laughs) I don't know. Someone just guessed that you're a mind reader. His, His thought process is, well, vampires aren't historically mind readers. So my true secret. My, my secret. My secret is safe. My true secret is safe. That's but like true. Still, but like you're the person who you've had a handful of conversations has just told you that they figured out that you're a mind reader. Like chances are that there are other things that they've like, noticed. And right. Like the, other things are more obvious. Like you know him running though? across the. Like if you can't hide the, the fact that you're a mind is more reader. Obvious. You him cannot the hide the fact the that you're a vampire. Is more obvious. I think I'm on Edward's side here because, yeah, <laughs> he's already proven himself to be inhuman. Right. So, like, the only secret left is just the label. You know what I want to happen? If this happened to me, I would want to be like, you're a vampire, aren't you? And then they're like, no, that doesn't exist. And I'm like, well, what are you? And they're like, I don't know. I just have these three miscellaneous powers. I don't know what I am. <laughs> I was, I was about to say like, what if she were like mind reading, and he was like, "The fuck, you think I'm a mind? That's weird." You're I so wrong. For gaslighting. <laughs> okay but also like what if like someone who's just trying to like put a name to all these things that they notice about themselves they're like am i an x-men like is that (laughs) that's the only thing that kind of covers all the bases i think i might be an x-men but i've never met another x-men so i don't know (laughs) okay someone writes that fan fiction (laughs) just like yeah i'm just special I'm a regular human, just like you, except impossibly strong and fast and good I mean, looking. I'm an X Man. <laughs> I just have good genes, Bella. Uh. <laughs> it's genetic. <laughs> I ate my spinach and all my other vegetables. 
<laughs> um, so they go back and forth. He like, you know, as we all know, he sort of reveals stuff. He sort of doesn't. And I did find his pivot pretty effective on page 190. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like still kind of like he's revealing stuff, but he isn't really committed. And then she goes to touch his hand and he says, I read her eyes, though her mind was silent, I could perceive both trust and wonder there. I realized in that moment that I wanted to answer her questions, not because I owed it to her, not because I wanted her to trust me. I wanted her to know me. And finally, he reveals the whole, I followed you to Port Angeles, blah, 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 and like truly tells the truth. That also, I was in my feelings. It got me too. Melissa's Melissa's making faces. (laughs) (laughs) just like that feeling of like you want the other person to want to know about you and in this moment he sees that bella wants to know these things and he's like i want her to know them like it's just (laughs) and he has to lie so much every day of his life yeah and he's like i'm i'm gonna choose the truth oh also this is a real uh he says right before that I pulled my hands out from under hers. As exquisite as her touch felt, I wasn't going to wait for the magic of her tolerance to pass, to turn to revulsion. I hid my hands under the table. I was like, look, this is a real, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love anybody else situation? Because as much as Edward loves Bella, he is self-sabotaging. Because he doesn't love himself, he can't trust Bella's love for him. Wow. And so he pulls away undermining the relationship. You we need a whole book about confidence, <laughs> listeners. Love yourself. Love thyself. Or new moon's gonna happen to you. Don't let yeah. new moon happen to you. It will. New moon will happen to you. <laughs> you will be dumped. Your friend will turn into a werewolf. It's gonna be very dramatic. And then, you know, they continue to talk, and Bella's like, okay. So yeah, 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 you're dangerous, whatever. <laughs> but also like I'm here because of you, because somehow you knew how to find me today. Hopelessly, I pushed one more time at the barrier that protected her thoughts, desperate to understand. The entitlement. <laughs> Edward, you are violating everyone's privacy around you all the time. That's not your fault. You can't help that. But to try to go the one place that you don't have access to, to be like, oh, well, I can hear everyone else. So I'm entitled to try to hear about, like, no, you can't hear her. You shouldn't be able to hear anybody. Those are her private thoughts. Don't try to hear them. They're not for you. I was like, this is rude. Excellent point, Maya. It is. She really lures him in by being just very calm and accepting, like by not freaking out. And he expects her to freak out every two seconds, which we did already know. we also expected of Bella. Um, (laughs) And I was just thinking, it's not like, like the point is that people don't find out they're vampires. So how does he really know how most people would react to finding out he was a vampire? Like, wouldn't it be interesting if he had some story from his past of, somebody actually rejecting him 
like as soon as there's the slightest chance that they're going to get outed, they just move. So he's never done this before, but he's also never given anybody else a chance to. I think that this speaks to like the power of fiction. You know, he's just going off what he's seen on like movies and TV and books. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, right. They're the monsters. Vampires are horrible monsters. monsters. Like, of course you would run screaming. Mm -hmm. I'm a hell beast. And she's like, well, actually, we've really sexualized you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I am intrigued. (laughs) That's true. Then we get into, you know, like Edward's like, maybe, maybe I can still go kill him. Oh, no, I can't. Bella needs me. <laughs> um, and they get into the car and start driving home. And he thinks a lot. You know, they it's think. a whole lot. Oh, okay. I had something to say. The top of 194, when he's having his realization, <laughs> it was because of Bella. Trying so hard to be safe for her, to be less frightening, to be human. I truly had lost my edge. The other humans saw only beauty now with my innate horror so carefully under control. I was like, okay, so you could blend in at school if you <laughs> You could make yourself- Inconspicuous. Like, Carlisle works at the hospital and right. people don't look at him and feel You're like, like oh, something's wrong with him. Yeah, like- right. He's the doctor. <laughs> this innate horror, you could- like quench it i like i feel like in midnight sun we get that humans are initially very intrigued and then realize what's wrong and are horrified i feel like i guess i sort of get that as a predator but it sort of feels like she's trying to have it both ways i think what (laughs) everyone like backs off from as far as like edward being a vampire is not their instinct that he's evil it's that they intuit that edward thinks nothing of them (laughs) or that he's just (laughs) judging them so hard right they're like it's when they notice how judgy his eyes are (laughs) yeah they're like oh he really thinks very lowly of me i'm just gonna walk not getting in with that (laughs) edward you are not scary you're just an asshole he's just an asshole (laughs) people don't hate you because they're scared of you they hate you because you're a jerk um that sums it up i think that's where we should end this chapter wait i want to read the last line now i said to her fear of her response taking the edge off the burn it's your turn esther is so good at ending chapters she is she is she is good at a button oh not everybody's good at a button not everyone is um best sentence worst sentence okay i have a best i just stumbled upon it i wonder if we all have the same best Because there's a, so. there's a great best in this one. Okay, I'll give it to you and I'll go with this one. If my secrets were pleasant, why would I keep them from her? Hmm. Not the one I was thinking of, but like- Just found it intriguing. Like, very wow, logical that's very point. true. We all go digging right. for secrets. And if they were pleasant, they wouldn't be secrets. We went digging for Midnight Sun and Aunt Stephanie was like, <laughs> look, it's gonna upset you. And we were <laughs> give like, it yes. to us, give it to us. <laughs> Mine is, because I already did my worst, I had been positioned over her life like the blade of a guillotine. Mm -hmm. That's very (gasps) good. As though it was ordained by fate, just as she said. That imagery is unreal. And like, you can just feel 
the potential energy. I know we've talked okay. about how potential energy is fucking fake, but like <laughs> the potential energy of a blade hanging in the air and like it's gonna it's come down some. Oh, it's good. So unreal. I think it might be like top five of the book, if not like, wow. you know, top three, top two, the one. <laughs> um, I think my top sentence is one that made me really think about I don't know what I think Edward's thought process would be as he like hears people's thoughts and whatever which is so she's asking her first question and she says why are you in Port Angeles and he says that was too easy a question for her it gave away nothing while my answer if truthful will give away too much let her reveal something first (laughs) and I was like Oh, like the, the little like mind like Olympics that you're going through there. Like that's a, that's a thought where I'm like, okay, you're thinking like really quickly here to be like, if I give her that answer, it actually reveals more about myself than it does about her. And right now I'm trying to learn more about her than she's learning about me. So actually I'm going to skip this question. <laughs> I was like, okay, but Edward, where do you expect her to start? <laughs> like where else do you start besides yeah, what Ultimately, I think that Edward needs Why to be vulnerable and reveal question. information before Bella does. But I appreciated this little glimpse <laughs> into his thought process. Um, remember that time when I had two worsts and I had no best and I saved up a best? Yeah. Okay, this is my other best. You're cashing in. I'm cashing in. How could I protect her from myself when neither of us wanted that? That was Ooh. my runner up. That was my runner up. That was a good one. There's very so like forbidden love. On mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of good. He, I mean, he's he's very melodramatic in this chapter. Okay, so. but here's my worst one, and it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> the, the my worst sentence is the second sentence, but you need the first sentence for context. Mm-hmm. The pretty blouse she wore looked too thin to protect her adequately. It clung to her like a second skin, almost as fragile as the first. <laughs> so gross. She's it. wearing another skin. Just two layers of very fragile skin on her. And it's beautiful. <laughs> also, like the second it. one is almost as fragile. I mean, not quite <laughs> as fragile. Don't be ridiculous, but almost. Yeah, it makes no sense. That means that her blouse is stronger than her skin, which is not true. Which is not true. <laughs> <laughs> My worst um, is immediately after your worst oh no way you know where he says that color of blue looks lovely with your skin he says i complimented her just being honest (laughs) (laughs) it's just completely unnecessary just don't say it just don't say it like he like he's been lying so much that he has to tell us when he's not lying that wasn't a lie i promise or like he needs to justify deciding to tell the truth (laughs) <laughs> like I, look, like I was Edward. being honest that's <laughs> why I told you um I have a runner-up for best since we were talking about melodrama as long <laughs> as I burned she was safe I was like it was so dramatic I liked it I was I was like I like that but also I don't subscribe to that I mean it doesn't matter in this case if you subscribe to it or not though because we're operating on the level of fiction 
I know, but is. this is one where I read and I, I was find like, the I burn can't support that. Not that compelling for some reason. And I can't really pinpoint why the burn is not. I, I'm like in it because in it. he's literally a vampire and her physical existence literally causes him pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, I well, if I weren't yeah. feeling this pain, it would mean she were dead and I don't want that. Yeah, I get that. No, I think it's like the 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 metaphor that she's chosen for some reason is not that compelling to me, but I don't know why. I have no reason why. Olivia doesn't like the metaphor. I think Melissa's problem is like, but that's a bad relationship. Yeah, well, yes, that's all, all, <laughs> yeah. also true. I did Good point. have a, a note that I said, <laughs> Melissa, you have to say this on the pod, um, which is, um, Edward says, you know, sometimes I have a problem with my temper, Bella. And what I've required of myself to say is, I'm like, listeners, if anyone ever tells you that they have a problem with their temper, do not enter a relationship with them. <laughs> well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, like, full stop. Are they hey, what in about, therapy? Are they working on I was going to say, perhaps the follow-up question is, are you actively working on that? <laughs> yeah. And if the answer is yes, help. I'm in therapy, I guess it's a maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can't help, like, the issues that you have. But if you're, like... Yeah, I have a problem with my temper. It's really caused like problems in my life, but I don't want to be that person. I've been in therapy for a long time. I've made some great strides, but I know that this is always something I'm going to have to deal with. Like you don't want someone who's like, oh yeah, I used to have a problem with my temper. I feel like I don't trust that. (laughs) Nope. I think mostly my note was combined with the fact that we just got paragraphs of edward imagining murdering and murdering someone (laughs) and not just murdering i don't know if we emphasized enough he wants to he wants to torture and cause pain to this man before he murders them this is the distinction he makes in the past he's murdered people quickly even though they were evil and edward boiled this down for bella to sometimes i have a problem with my temper (laughs) and again listeners all feelings are okay but not all actions are okay but edward would have done this but he did bella not there as a witness but he didn't this time maybe he's grown i i think that this tells us that he hasn't grown i just just felt the need to insert that though this is a great romantic scene eventually not all of it should be romanticized right but it was a good chapter but it's a great chapter uh, i'm just here to continually remind everyone that actually everything about the relationship is problematic and you know what we need that chapter it's that's what we're here to do it's everything at once twilight contains multitudes literally okay so olivia and i um have a temp right now and our temp was telling us today that he and his girlfriend recently watched all the movies and he was like you know they were bad but like something about it was compelling and we're like <laughs> friendo that's our podcast <laughs> I really enjoyed that the way he said that to us was, oh yeah, I just watched all 17 of the movies with my girlfriend not very long ago. And I was like, yes, those five movies do feel like 17 movies. Like we can't pretend that the bad things aren't there and that they aren't bad, but also 
the bad things are also some of the good things. <laughs> and there's separate good things that are really good. That's what we were also compelled by the bad things. And we should analyze that while also still, you know, supporting the fact that we had very real positive feelings. Yeah, we exactly. we can enjoy the bad things as long as we also acknowledge the exactly. bad things. Exactly. We were like, oh, this is so awesome. That would be an issue. Like, without ever being like, but I wouldn't want that in real life. That would be bad. <laughs> and then, separately, our boss said in a meeting something about keeping it light, and I freaked out. <laughs> oh my gosh, Olivia slacked me. Keep it light, keep it light, keep it light. And I wrote back, keep it light. <laughs> I meant I missed out on this exchange. I'm sorry, Melissa. Just text us all day like normal. Melissa, okay. I sent you an invite to the Slack, and you ignored it. Okay, <gasps> but that was... A general like overall slack is that the same slack that you guys well you have to get general slack before you get our slack and even so just get on there's a general company (laughs) slack and then there's one specifically for our group and we're generally just in our group so you wouldn't get into that one but if you got into the general company slack then Olivia could also join the general company slack and we'd have a three-way slack for us I, would I thought talk that to you were like more, inviting me to download Slack, even though I wouldn't be able to participate in any of your conversations. And I was like, why would I do that? <laughs> we would start a new conversation with you. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I've never really, I don't understand really what Slack is. So Okay, well, probably. neither did I. And then I downloaded it and now I use Slack. Yeah, and but I wasn't like, I'm going to download Slack so I can be continually disappointed that I'm left out of more conversations. Well, now that you know, download Slack. Listeners. Email us with questions or comments, or if your name is Pat, at twilightfacepodcast.gmail.com. Calling all Pats. Email me and Maya if your name is Pat. If you'd like to support the pod, check out patreon.com slash twilightfacepodcast. Thank you to our patrons, Jillian, Melina, Bridget, Eric, Samantha, Aaron, Josh, Karen, Ed, and our new patron, Bailey. Hi, Bailey. Yay. You can follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Instagram and twilightfacepodcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight Universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio (laughs) editing by me. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mooring. We forgot to say this earlier, but happy Hanukkah, listeners. We're recording this the first time Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Enjoy your Hanukkah. We'll be back next week. And if you don't like it, you can bite me. (laughs) Bite me. That really sounds worse for me than it would be for them. Like, bite me is like, oh, I'm saying something that's real (laughs) 